Welcome to Stock Gamblers from Mansfield, Massachusetts. I'm George Howell. And I'm Chris Carbonar, live from Wallingford, Pennsylvania. So uh, what do we need to recover from last week? A few interesting things came out. I saw um, that the big change was that Moody's started downgrading banks based off of the U.S. debt from the uh, that we had talked about from the week before. So uh, that that's big news. So now banks are downgrading. Now, now banks are being downgraded, yeah. So what does that actually mean? What happens when a bank gets downgraded? Meh. <laughs> okay. I mean, what what does it mean when uh, when you know the whole country gets downgraded based on debt? I mean, it to me it all just seems like it's all based on debt and and the way that everyone is leveraged in debt. Speaking of debt, I had two dollars of interest on a Kohl's credit card and I didn't pay it. I didn't know I had it on there. Guess what? My credit rating dropped 60 points. What? Really? 60 points, both TransUnion and Equifax. For $2 worth of credit. For $2 worth of interest. I. Wow. You know, what, what happened? And it's all me. It comes. It always falls on me because I said pay off. I said, you know, pay off. What's my balance? Pay it off in full. I paid it. Boom. Next bill came. I just threw it away. I didn't even open it because I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm zero balance. <laughs> well, that, that was stupid, oh, wasn't it? Two dollars. I'm like, that I get was this really report stupid. from uh, Credit Karma saying, uh, "Self-proclaimed moron." Almost as foolish as having a store credit card. Well, again, the only reason I had it was I was checking out around Christmas time and I had a whole bunch of clothes. And like, you know, if you get the credit card, you get an extra thirty percent off. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to, but I want that thirty percent. Uh huh. Yeah, you got to have your Kohl's cash. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for all those things, and, and I know I am. That's the worst part about it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess we'll move right into the news. News! Uh, <laughs> Anheuser-Busch InBev is selling eight of its beer and beverage brands, including Shock Top, Blue Point, to cannabis company Tilray Brands. The deal mm-hmm. includes associated breweries, brew pubs, and current employees. The employees are being sold, Carbo. I thought we <laughs> ended... <laughs> indentured servitude uh, wow. this move follows a decline in bud light sales which faced backlash over recent poor marketing campaigns and uh, modelo especial taking its spot as a top u.s brewer tilray expanding on its alcoholic beverages portfolio recently acquired montauk brewing brewing and post acquisition will hold a five percent market share making it the fifth largest craft brew beer Craft brewery uh, company in the United States. Wow. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> Not really, no but like uh, Tilray's Tilray been in the news a lot. Tilray was one of those hot um, cannabis stocks a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Uh, more than a couple. It, it was a, a few years ago. I had bought uh, Tilray stock just because they were the second pot stock to come open in canada after everything became legalized like it was canopy up front which had the uh, i I think canopy has uh, the um, constellation brands or at least the corona brand in um, in canada for brewing rights um so tilray was the second one both of those stocks completely dropped and are are Mm -hmm. almost worthless like tilray right now is only is trading at under three dollars a share which is Amazing to me that they had the money to to buy a beverage company, but th- this is really weird because like a few years ago, all the alcohol companies were trying to buy weed companies, and now a weed mm-hmm. company is buying an alcohol. alcohol is it just assets. to add? Is it just to add another product in their arsenal, or are they like doing weed infused beers or both? Um, I I think legislation around that um, is hung up because. Weed is legal in Canada uh, and several states. Um, alcohol is legal in Canada and all states, but uh, weed and alcohol together is a separate product that I don't think people know how to legislate yet. So, like, I, I could see that. Yeah. A lot of places do like cannabis beverages, but not cannabis alcohol mm-hmm. beverages. So I, I don't know how that would work, but um, I, I'm really surprised that some of the brands that Budweiser put on the chopping block, like Shock Top, Blue Point. I was surprised by that. uh, Breckenridge Brewery. I mean, like, they're, uh, what's the other, Red Hook? Red Hook is in there. Um, These are all, like, 
I would have guessed some of um, Anheuser Busch's non Bud Bush uh, labeled brands. I, I'm surprised that they're giving them up. That would be a surprise, especially with the popularity of, of you know microbreweries. I know, per se, uh, Shock's not a microbrewery, but it kind of falls in that whole, you know, right. it's pale ale, isn't it? Like that whole, basically, it's not a Budweiser. You know, it's like a uh, they have reached out to different people, different markets, but um, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, Budweiser tanks a marketing campaign because they want to they want to attract people that aren't the frat bros. And then they uh, they sell off everything that isn't frat bro beer, pretty much. Yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't get it. I mean, they must be on hard times. It, it, it must be to bring up mon- uh, br- to drum up some money, I guess, because uh, I know that they've been laying people off. The uh, the boycotts against them are really hurting them. That's amazing. Amazing that that would have that much of an effect. I yeah. Mean, I, I haven't had a Budweiser probably in about 25 years, uh, so I don't really think I'm missing much, but that's just my personal preference. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever had a Budweiser I've enjoyed. <laughs> Wait, you're supposed to enjoy them? <laughs> right, right. Actually, they used to use a certain um, preservative that one of my best friends growing up in high school, um, I don't condone underage drinking but when we used to do that back in 15 16 years old there was a certain uh, preservative that used to give him asthma attacks but it only happened with budweiser any other oh, beer wow. was fine he drank a buddy would have an ad, uh, asthma attack so probably did him a favor <laughs> exactly right now he drinks a uh, better beer <laughs> um do you want to uh, take the next one sure pen entertainment is rebranding a sports betting app as espn bet after securing exclusive rights to the espn name for 1.5 billion to be paid over a decade now this move brings disney espn into sports gambling arena a departure from its family friendly image pen will run espn bet and espn will promote the app across its platforms the licensing deal lasts for 10 years with a possible 10-year extension and includes ESPN receiving rights worth $500 million to buy Penn shares. Disney has previously delved into adult entertainment with its Pleasure Island venue, which later became the landing at Disney Springs. ESPN plans to use its platform for responsible gaming education. Penn also recently sold Barstool Sports back to its founder, Dave Portnoy. Through the item, though the items were, um, sorry, though the terms were undisclosed, Portney expressed enthusiasm for the site's regained independence and commitment to not selling the company in the future. If he does, Penn gets 50% of the gross proceeds. So, from what I understand, and this is interesting because we both we've both worked in casinos before. I, I have worked out of uh, Penn Entertainment's uh, casino before. Yes, you have. Um, this is really interesting because Dave Portney pretty much bought back his company for a dollar. Like he was paid millions of dollars for this company to sell, branded with uh, with Penn Gaming, and uh, I guess that created a bunch of issues for them because of his because of the barstool sports and and the way that they run that and making sports mm-hmm. picks and everything. I think it created a lot of issues for them with their their ability to offer the sports betting um and they they gave it they gave him his company back for a dollar just to get rid of him pretty much um i think it's really interesting that they're doing this with espn and i know that DraftKings and um what's the other big one um uh the other big sports book fanduel I know that those two together have, I think, like 70% of the sports betting. Um, So everyone else is like pretty much, you know, a nothing. But I I think if any name could come in to change sports betting, I would think it would be the name ESPN because it actually means something in sports. I'm really interested to see if they're going to be able to take any share away. Um, as, As you mentioned, Disney has pretty much failed in anything but family-based entertainment to date. And, and Eisner is really trying to turn Disney around. Do you think this makes any difference at all? 
I would like it to. I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge, huge proponent of Disney or anything, but uh, recent developments have kind of put me in their corner, so to speak. Um, it opens up a whole a whole other world for them. I this is how what a moron I am. I didn't even know that Disney owned ESPN until we had this story. So I'm still oh, wow. catching up. I'm still catching up on all of Disney's acquisitions. Every five minutes, it's like, oh, I like that show. Oh, you know, Disney owns that now. Oh, really? Okay. You know, so I don't even know everything that Disney owns. So I'm a little behind. They've the been they've one. been buying everything. Um, as I a know. Disney shareholder, I like this, but uh, my, I mean, you know, I'm so far in the red on Disney anyway that uh, right. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference to me. I would have thought that Penn Entertainment would have shot up on this news, but their their stock sunk like five dollars a share after the or no, it sunk ten dollars a share I think after it was announced. Now it's just back up to under uh, a five dollar loss per share. I would have thought this would have meant way bigger news or way way bigger benefits for for Penn Entertainment anyway. Oh, we just were discussing that last week with um, the postpartum depression drug. I mean, right. you, you know, hey, we just released this drug. Stock's going to go way up. <laughs> and then it goes the opposite direction, right? Hey, so, hey, good news. Not good enough, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good news, but uh, you didn't present it on a silver platter. <laughs> I, I think long term, this is probably going to be good for Penn Entertainment, but... Uh, Long-term Penn Entertainment doesn't really go up. It's been $30 a share for forever. Does it pay dividends or split or anything like that that would make you want it? I don't follow it that closely, but I, <laughs> man, I, I don't, I really can't read this to see if it's a good bet. I, uh, I think Penn is probably going to go up long-term. I, I think this will probably change around their, their betting. I, I would, I think Disney's an enthusiastic partner in this arena. Um, so I think overall it would, it would have to, it would have to make their stock go up. I mean, would think at, at how low it is for, for entry right now, 25 bucks a share. I'm, I'm looking to buy this myself. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. U.S. Steel founded in 1901 by Andrew Carnegie and J.P. Morgan is considering strategic options after receiving numerous unsolicited proposals possibly indicating an impeding change in its independence. CEO David Burrett shared that they have received proposals for the acquisition of select assets and even the entire company. Following this news, U.S. Steel stock surged by 27%, its biggest, biggest percentage rise to date. Cleveland Cliffs made a notable offer of $35 per share, valuing the com- or it, it was $35 combined, 17 some dollars in stock and um, and matching uh, uh, or 17 plus dollars per share plus uh, matching stock, which would be a total value of about $35 per share, um, valuing the company obviously at 35 bucks a share. But this was rejected by U.S. Steel. So Cleveland Cliffs offered a total between stock and cash, $35 a share, and U.S. Steel turned it down. Um, Cliff CEO Lorenzo Goncalves, sorry, I butchered that, has transformed <laughs> transformed Cliffs into North America's top flat-rolled steel producer. A merger between U.S. Steel and Cliffs would result in America's largest steel entity. However, regulatory issues might arise given their market dominance. The global steel industry is largely dominated by China, but a U.S. consolidation might enable better supply-demand matching and potentially higher profits. The steel industry has been grappling with falling steel prices, impacting stock values. I am shocked that with how low U.S. steel stock was before, that an offer of $35 per each share was rejected. I and can't I, figure that out. <laughs> and, and, and good move for them, because, I mean, obviously you want to try and preserve the company. I mean, it was founded by Andrew Carnegie, like, like that... That means something. It, mm-hmm. It's like the oldest steel plant in in the country, but mm-hmm. uh, that is crazy, stupid money. Like that is, I mean, like thirty five bucks a share isn't, you know, a high trade dollar, but it it is a significant increase over what they were valued at. 
I didn't know steel was still a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, they have one of these plants down the street from me. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna hop on a riverboat and go down there and get some more coal. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what this means. Um, I, I don't know if this is good or bad. On either end, I mean, rejecting the offer or that the offer was made. Uh, I, I it think seems that. Like reje- go ahead. It seems like rejecting the offer would be stupid, but then again, these people are paid a lot more money than I am to make these decisions. Yeah, I'm not I'm not smart enough to understand how this works, but uh, right now, um, U.S. Steel Speaking has of jumped. CDOs. Well, I was going to say right now that U.S. Steel, Steel has jumped up to $30 a share based on, on this news, which is close to the 52-week high. Um, I, I think that they're is obviously still some kind of a, a delta or a deficit there. I think there's value mm-hmm. uh, to be made in here. If they're, if Cleveland Cliffs is offering 35 per share, we're still $5 under that offer. So I, I think this might be something I'm looking to buy because it, it's probably going to go up $5 a share. Oh, it's definitely going to go up after we broadcast this podcast. I mean, it's going <laughs> to shoot up after we, you know, put our Everybody's two cents gonna, in there. But, yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, if you want to take away the next well, you know, one. Speaking of CEOs and CEO pay, uh, longtime, PayPal's longtime CEO, Dan Shulman, is set to retire, and the future of PayPal lies with some unknown successor. Well, that is until now. The successor was unknown until now. On Monday, PayPal named into its Alex Chris as its new president and CEO. Here's what investors need to know. Who is Alex Chris? Chris is joining PayPal after, this is the part that I don't get, 19 years at Intuit, a global fine tech company focusing on tax preparation software, small business software, and more. The business segment Chris led for the past four years, the small business self-employed group accounted for roughly one-third of Intuit's total revenue in its most recent quarter. PayPal's press release points out that the small business and self-employed segment grew revenue at a 23% compound annual growth rate under Chris's leadership. This is an encouraging number considering PayPal's own growth rate has fallen well below the threshold in recent years as the chart below shows, which we're not going to show the chart because we're a podcast. But basically, what I don't know is how somebody leaves a company after 19 years. Um, I mean, I know we all get, you know, you want new challenges and everything like that. But 19 years at Intuit, that's the first thing that stuck out with me. Right, but he was not the CEO at Intuit, right? No, he was the... um, Well, I mean that, that that that's fine. I mean, it doesn't matter what his role so really, really was, but that that's what it is. The guy wants to promotion. The guy wants to be number one. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, I I don't know how much he personally was responsible for how Intuit performed. Um, their stock dropped pretty mm-hmm. significantly. Um, I I don't know if that means anything uh related to this or if he was involved with that uh fintech is getting really weird like anything in the financial tech area it, it seems like there is a lot of pressure to address ai and what that is that. going to do yeah. for your company um I, I don't know i don't know if this is good or bad for paypal really i mean for for me that it I assume PayPal's business, I mean, like, sure, they ventured off into new territory with Venmo, but uh, aside from that, even including that, really, uh, they seem to already have their business established. I don't know if there's room for many more new products. Like, to me, PayPal's a company on autopilot. Yeah. Do they offer other services for um, for corporations? Like, do they handle financial transactions, say how like a Shopify would do for somebody, or is it just a straight format, just a straight platform? They started, uh, if I remember correctly, Square type payment, Square and Clover okay, type big. payment things, b- before okay. Square and Clover came around. If if okay. I'm if I remember correctly, it just mm-hmm. never took off with as much enthusiasm as those two did. So. Uh, I don't know if that's a area that they can try and bolster. I mean, it's uh, 
service that I use regularly, and I'm sure millions of people use it regularly. I'm just yeah, I don't, I don't know where there's room to go, but... Yeah, exactly. Moving along, over the past year, Duolingo's share price has risen by 34%, outperforming market returns of approximately 4.8%. This strong performance is commendable, but as Duolingo hasn't been listed for long, its long-term potential is still uncertain. Despite a recent dip in its annual return, the company's revenue has surged by 46% in the past year, a remarkable growth for the company, not yet profitable. Such impressive revenue growth combined with a 34% share price gain suggests that now might be a good time to delve deeper into Duolingo's performance. The CEO's compensation is below the median for similar-sized companies, while this is noteworthy, the focus should be on the company's potential for earnings growth in the future. Over the short term, share price fluctuations might not reflect the company's actual performance. Now, Duolingo is actually reporting, is reported, reportedly developing a new app called Duolingo Music, which will focus on lessons for piano, drums, and sheet music. This information was uncovered by ISO developer Steve Moser, who found related images and codes within Duolingo's mobile apps. Earlier in March of 2023, job listings by Duolingo hinted at a focus on music education, although the company did not confirm any plans at that time. When approached about these new findings, Duolingo did provide specific details, but hinted at potential announcements during the Duocon event on October 11th. This move into music isn't Duolingo's first foray outside of language. They previously launched a literacy app, Duolingo ABC and Duolingo Math. Now, how Duolingo will approach music education remains to be seen. I think it's a great idea, though, personally. I think it's a good idea. It broadens them into other areas. I'm skeptical on how Duolingo is going to perform overall. I, I don't see them being a company that is worth anywhere near what their stock is at right now. What it, What is it at now? $250 or something ridiculous yeah, like that? Yeah. Like, Let me check that while you're doing I, it. I don't, I don't think that they... I'm not convinced that you're going to have people pay $8 a month to learn the language. And then once you add this new service to it is that something that you're combining language with right. music or exactly. language with with math and english does that lead to a higher subscription cost i don't see a great return for investors i don't see dividends coming back i don't see uh the company value gaining enough to to be worth purchasing the stock and i've i've used uh, other learn music things like uh rocksmith that was a pretty good mm -hmm. one for guitar um, but I, but I'm do you think the people that are already using Duolingo, the people that are already using it for language, I think that's what they're trying to grab because people are familiar with the format. They like how the games are operated. They like the little, they like the graphics. They like the usability of it. And they're like, Oh, well I've, I've learned Spanish. Now let me learn how to play guitar. So I think that's probably what they're trying to angle for it. Probably. Um, I mean, it, it's a different method of education. Like teaching, teaching musical instru instruments is completely different than teaching language or English or math. Like mm -hmm. those are all. I mean, math is a little bit different because of the uh, computations that you're doing. But uh, music, you know, like for for language or or reading or English, you're you're using spoken word. A musical instrument is something that you're using your physical ability and coordination. Right. I, I'm wondering how well the competency of their ability to teach in, in that new space is going to be, if, if this is uh, what they're actually doing. Well, um, the article was hinting that they were kind of doing a job. Uh, they were doing like a search out there to try to find people who uh, probably try to find the best and brightest at programming those uh, musical <laughs> lessons. Probably. Get me in uh, there. This does not. This holds no interest for me as an investor. How about you? You're killing me, aren't you? 
All right, we're going to do it. That was one of my picks this week, uh, was Duolingo. <laughs> okay, well, we'll, but, we'll, uh, save, uh, we'll save it then. I, uh, cause I use it. I use the app a lot. So, again, I think we talked in the first episode about how it's, it's, it's a lot of people can find their next investments and in all the things and products and services they use. And I happen to love Duolingo. I just hit my year anniversary learning Italian. So. Oh, happy like anniversary. Grazie, grazie. <laughs> That's all I know. All right, it's time for Roll Them Dice and how this is going to work. We have a game. Uh, we're going to take five random companies, and uh, you're going to tell me, as an investor, uh, as kind of a lightning round, if you would be interested in buying this stock. So okay. it, it would be buy or no. So uh, first random company, Microsoft Corporation. Buy. I would buy as well. Coca-Cola. Buy. I would not buy. Boeing. Not buy. I would not buy. Goldman Sachs. Buy. I would not buy. Adobe Systems Incorporated. Not buy. I would buy. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> All right. Why would you why would you buy Microsoft? Only because I, I always consider that one of the um, like uh, Warren Buffett kind of cornerstones of his portfolio kind of a thing. I haven't bought it yet, but I always think ah, someday I might buy Microsoft. Why would you? Buy I it? I do own shares of Microsoft. I, I got in way earlier. I've made a killing in Microsoft. Um, I think it is going to continue to grow. I'm I'm happy with the way that their transition over to services has worked out. I, I like that instead of selling um, products like Word for $300 for however long you have that copy. They've transitioned to uh, whatever whatever the subscription is per mm -hmm. month, and, um, and it makes more sense that they have a suite of services. And I, I think they're killing it in AI right now. I, I, I think this is going to be one that is going to hold value. Okay. Why would you buy Coke? Well, you know. I mean, other than to snort it, why would you buy Coke? <laughs> I mean, it just seems like it's always been a stable company, a stable product type thing. I mean, how, how many different companies are under Coca-Cola? You know, I just have always thought of it as a stable company. Again, I don't own Coca-Cola, but roll the dice? Yeah, I'd buy it. <laughs> they, um, Yeah, they, they seem to have held off. I, I would have thought that um, the seltzer craze a few years ago would have taken more of a chunk out of them. I think they're still trying to figure out where their relevance is going to be. Um, I don't know if I'm happy that they've turned that toward uh, energy drinks. I keep okay. hearing rumors that they're trying to uh, get into alcohol. Um, I really don't know where there's room for them to grow, and that is why uh, why I would not buy them. I'd be more interested in buying Pepsi uh, just because I think that SodaStream produces value for them, but I don't know if that's enough really to right. to make that worth buying either. It's a fine product. For, uh, yeah. How about for Boeing? Why did you make that decision? Um, without knowing for sure, I don't know how much they're still on the hook for that big lawsuit from a couple years ago. Right? I know that was a from huge... From planes falling out of the sky? Yeah, three planes. Three planes falling out of the sky. Uh, and I just don't and, think they recovered full, from that. In full disclosure, my dad used to work for Boeing. I know a lot uh, of people that work for Boeing. Yeah, it's I have, right here. I have owned stock. I have owned right. stock. Um, I I would not buy them as well because of the liability. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, I I think that is a company that needs to do more work to reconnect with what they originally were. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I I think uh, they they might be trying to write the write themselves again but I, I think that is a company that really lost their identity of, of what they used to be mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's really weird when you look at it from there's a couple different perspectives because you know you hear Boeing Boeing's a big name obviously everybody knows what Boeing is but where you live and where I live it's a local employer right so I know dozens of people that so whatever you think about the company whatever you think about products whatever but i know dozens of people that have spent their whole careers working at boeing and had you know good income good benefits and they loved it 
Not the same company it was, though, like 20, 30 years ago. I guess you could say that about any company. But after the big disaster with those planes crashing, you know, basically falling out of the sky because they refused to train foreign pilots on how to use the certain um, hazard systems, it just shows a total lack of foresight into, I don't know, your, your basic basic business. I mean, yeah, we're well, not going to tell you how to use the product. They were they were also uh, pulling a Tesla, in, like where how Tesla will sell you a car with the heated seats built in, but you have to pay a subscription to be able to unlock it. <laughs> uh, they were doing the same thing, to my understanding, with some of their safety features, so and like their uh, their tracking and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not a big fan of that either. No. Like, if you're not going to provide it, don't put it in. <laughs> Like don't right. don't don't make someone to pay a subscription to turn it on. Don't make us on. want it. Yeah. Don't make us want it. Right. Exactly. Um, Goldman, why would you buy that? Um, I would. I'm going on reputation. That's all. I'm just going on. I know Goldman Sachs is, is a solid company. I would buy it. I think I would want to see the price fall. Um, I know because of how we've talked before about how they're trying to get out of their. Uh, consumer services end and Mm -hmm. focus more on on their business stuff where uh, apparently they're just like all of their consumer services is just bleeding money between apple card and gm card they're only two credit cards and their their other consumer-based products um i would not buy it now i i want to see that price fall okay what's that now no idea not low enough i don't i think that they need to start turning everything around like i I would want to see that go down until it starts to come back up before i buy okay how about adobe why no i just don't know enough about it how's that yeah i uh, (laughs) um i think they're starting to do some interesting things with ai uh baked into photoshop and and other things like that i think they're on the right course for what they are Mm -hmm. they've held on to um to the products that they have and, and have been doing really well. Uh, they, some things like Premiere, I know they've been having issues with, and, and I, obviously I think they'll fix that. Uh, and I think that they have shifted over to their subscription model, which unfortunately forces everyone to pay exorbitant fees for all of their software, but also eliminates all of the, uh, all of the cracking that they were previously known for. Um, mm-hmm. I think that this company has a lot of value. All right, then. Moving on to celebrity businesses. British liquor company Diageo PLC, owner of Sean Combs brand Chirac Vodka and De Leon Tequila, has decided to end its association with the rapper after he sued them. Makes sense. Combs alleges that uh, Diageo neglected his brand due to racial bias, categorizing them as black brands for urban consumer. Diageo, in response, has requested the New York Supreme Court to dismiss the lawsuit, accusing Combs of making unreasonable financial demands and not fulfilling his commitments. Combs contends that Diageo provided inferior support to his brand compared to others. Diageo has invested over $100 million in De Leon, accusing Combs of not funding the brand. The feud between the two parties comes after a long-standing partnership that began in 2007, which made Chirac a major success. Combs was 14th on the Forbes 2022 list of highest-paid entertainers, primarily due to his partnership with Chirac. He recently expanded into the cannabis business, aspiring to be one of the, aspiring for it to be the Diageo of cannabis. So TM, TMZ reported that no, he did not. Apparently his cannabis uh, expanded into cannabis. Apparently his deal yeah. recently just blew up because his uh, his cannabis deal. He was supposed to buy nine stores in Massachusetts, New York, and in one other state. It fell apart because it was based on Cresco and uh, uh, Columbia Care merging, and they are not merging anymore. So okay. he will not be mo- moving into cannabis, which is another blow after after this liquor deal blew up. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't understand this because I, I thought Ciroc was a huge success. Yeah, I, was, I don't see I was, it being underrepresented. 
I was unaware that it was a black brand for urban consumers because I've only seen white people drink it. No, I was uh, aware of that. I was aware of that. But okay. I didn't make a difference to me because it's a good product, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in, in Hershey, in Hershey where I live, I, I only see people trying to be high-end consumers right. drinking Ciroc. I, I was mm-hmm. I was unaware that, that this was an issue. I, I had never heard of uh, the Leon uh, tequila, yeah. so I, I understand why he's upset. But uh, according to Diageo, uh, they have invested over $100 million into right. these brands. And... Sean Combs has invested one thousand dollars and received a billion dollars yeah. in payout. So I yeah, hundred million I can, definitely. Ne- <laughs> yeah, I can I can see why they're a little upset if if yeah. Sean Combs only put a thousand dollars in. I mean, I could have I could have bought into Ciroc and Dillion for that, and I would have been happy to. And 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 he ordered the appetizers too. <laughs> he ordered the appetizers, and he he you know we can't split this bill evenly. Right, right. Yeah, I. I, I I don't see this working out well for either one of them, to be honest. And I I was gonna pick Diageo before I saw this story for this week. Oh really? Oh, okay. I was. Um, I don't know if I'd get involved now. I wanna I wanna see that price fall before I buy into it. I agree. All right. Uh, before dead we air. move, on, go ahead. <laughs> no, I just said dead air. Dead air. There's no dead air. <laughs> Uh, this podcast is supported by our listeners. Help support us at patreon.com slash stockgamblers. You can find the link for that in our show notes. Uh, subscribing to Patreon gives you access to our virtual stock exchange competition, as well as the bonus content. So uh, please check that out when you get a chance and tell a friend about the show. We would really appreciate it if you would help us get the word out about how you can be reckless with gambling on stocks just like us. Yeah, $5 a month is not really a bad deal at all, man. Considering the $5, you're going to get all this extra content. You're going to have interviews with uh, with George. He will come to your house. He will do your laundry for you. He will do really anything for that $5 a month. He's, he's just that mm-hmm. kind of a guy. I am. I am needy. <laughs> but seriously... $5 a month, you could be one of our preferred members. All right. Uh, oh, Carbo, we got what, picks uh, coming up. What, what did the fool have to say this week about what they recommend that people buy? Well, let's see. The uh, fools of Motley are doubling down on their two previous picks recently. Uh, Snowflake and Monster Beverage. Now, if you remember last week, from last week's podcast, Motley Fool suggested Snowflake because it lost 80% of its value. So what's another 20%, right? Uh, what's another 20%, right? So now the big I, push I think for that, Monster. I think it yeah, deserves to lose the value based on the <laughs> stupid name alone. Snowflake? Yeah. <laughs> Who named that company? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to I invest in AI that's named after a pejorative now. <laughs> <laughs> I let my five-year-old daughter name the company. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm making an AI company right. named Jerk Off. <laughs> hey, I'm the CEO of that one. <laughs> now, also, they have a big push for Monster Beverage. It comes as the energy drink purveyors, which, by the way, they actually have a 30% market share over all energy beverages through a different variety of their brands. Uh, they have a few others. Um, what are some of the other ones? Uh, Rain is one, of course, Monster. There's a few other brands that they have. So they have a 30% market share over all energy beverage. And last year, they actually acquired Canarchy, a craft beer and cider company. Again, somebody else delving into alcohol. Now, there's nothing like that feeling of being hammered and jittery. So I think the whole point of having an energy drink and an alcohol drink together is is just, you know, perfect. I can't think of a better idea than that. Yeah, but wasn't wasn't that a big issue with like Sparks and Four Loco? Like yeah, like that that became such a big issue that they got regulated into not doing it anymore. Exactly, exactly. In fact, you don't even hear. Uh, did they go out of business? Those I don't. I, I think Four Loco still exists Four in Loco, some form or another. I think Sparks went out of business because yeah, I of don't. It. I don't see any of them around anymore. But then again, also Monster again is the premier in that. I can't stand energy drinks personally, so I don't really like use monster I, or anything 
I'm not a big fan unless I'm working night shift. Sometimes you really need them if you're if you're working through the night. But I, I would yeah, still do, rather not. Rather know, do still, the five hour five hour energy shot over that though. I mean, ugh. I agree, but I I think the problem overall of them is that they taste terrible. I, I exactly it's just super sugary chemical flavor, and I I don't get it. I mean, obviously I'm in the minority. These are huge businesses. Exactly. All right. So for my pick, uh, or I'm sorry, for Barron's picks this week, they recommend Comcast. They are the largest broadband provider in the U.S., and they position itself well among emerging tech trends like generative AI, streaming sports, online gaming, and Internet of Things and Metaverse. Despite its varied assets, including Universal Studios, the Peacock Streaming Service, and NBC Network's Barron's believes that even with their losing subscribership, that they're undervalued compared to other tech giants. Comcast strength lies in its broadband business while outperforming its TV segment. Um, I don't agree with this one here. I, I think that uh, Comcast is going to lose a lot more value because their cable is going to start shrinking even more. And I, I do not think that internet is enough to make up for it. Barron's other pick Great. is Next Era Energy. The largest U.S. electric utility presents a relatively low risk opportunity for investors interested in green energy. With a diverse portfolio that includes wind, solar, a strong utility arm, Florida Power and Light, Next Energy offers 2.7% dividend yield on its rise. That's on the rise. Despite a recent stock decline, the company has historically outperformed the S&P 500, which is usually a good metric, and projected to see 6 to 8% annual earnings growth in 2025 and 2026. Um, this might be a good one. I, uh, I've, I'm looking toward this one. I would need to look more into whether or not this company is really into green energy or if that's something that they're just trying to get into because they're federally mandated to because what is it 18 percent of all utilities needs to be green energy under under mm -hmm. uh laws from years ago um i don't know we've, we've talked about energy before i normally don't see a good return in investment but this is saying it outperforms s p 500 which is pretty unique thinking about the Comcast um, one before that one more so only because Comcast think... was the was the first stock I ever bought actually and I held on to it for had to be 15 years and then uh, needed some cash quickly and I <laughs> I liquidated it I think that they're I think the value that is not being mentioned in here is the Philadelphia Flyers and with recent sports teams sales for <laughs> Going for billions of dollars now, uh, I think that that is a lot of value, um, and, and that has potential to bring the price up as well. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I mean, they're in a rebuilding phase right now, and they're going to be probably crappy for at least a couple of seasons. Uh, I'm not saying it jokingly. I'm actually, you know, it's my favorite sport and my favorite team, but they're not going to be competitive for a little while, so... Yeah, but I, I think we live in a world now where that, that doesn't even matter. It, it, all it's about all the sports teams yeah. have value, and they are now worth right. significantly more than they used to be. Mm -hmm. That's true. All right, how about your personal picks? Where are you looking this week? Oh, wow, let's see. Picks, 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 picks. So we're talking about... So out of curiosity, I was thinking about last week's picks and the, this week's picks coming up. So out of curiosity, I wanted to follow up on SSR from last week. On August 15th, SSR was down about 1%. However, a lot of other metal stocks at that time, like Barrick Gold, were also down. First Majestic Silver, which I happen to own, was down almost 4%. So even though SSR took a slight hit, it did weather it better than most stocks you know, in the same uh, industry. As far as my other pick from last week, let's just say I'm a futurist because uh, its share price for Symbi Sim 
Bay Therapeutics having a long day. Simbay Therapeutics is up an impressive 236% in the last 12 months. It's also good to see that the share price is up over 31% since the last quarter. So this could be related to the recent financial results uh, released recently. Uh, may not be related to that. As is usual with the stock, you never know why, but it's definitely been a, a one of my favorite picks so far. The stock is up 129% just over three years, making long-term shareholders happy as well. So after that, I'm going to talk about my picks moving forward. So this first pick comes to me actually from my early days of trading. As an avid gamer, I picked up Activision Blizzard probably about eight years ago. It was around 22 a share at the time. Now, if you're not familiar with Activision Blizzard, they have created some of the most popular video games, including the mobile game Candy Crush, World of Warcraft, and Call of Duty, just to name a few. I think they even made Diablo, too. But by the way, on August 10th, Activision announced a November release for the next Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3. So I picked up Activision. Believe it or not, it was at the suggestion of my wife. I was familiar with the company. I played many of their games, but she was the one who brought it to me and said, hey, we should buy this stock. So I bought Activision for about 22 share around eight years ago, and it's currently trading at 91 a share. So um, there's still room to growth. Right now, it's since I bought it, it's gone up 310%, but it's a fairly inexpensive stock, so there's still plenty of room for growth. So my picks are Activision and, and I already forgot what my first pick was. <laughs> That's because I didn't give my other pick yet. My second pick. That's why I didn't know what my second pick was. I didn't give it yet. My second pick is actually one that I use a lot. Uh, we mentioned that it's a good idea to look for stocks in areas that you use every day, products and services that you find yourself using. So I mentioned earlier in this episode that I just reached my one-year anniversary with Duolingo. If you're familiar with Duolingo, it's an app for learning foreign languages. And if you're interested in that sort of thing, it's actually really fun. And it's very user-friendly. It's a kind of app that makes learning a foreign language fun and not quite like its actual work. So Duolingo started this year at $71 a share, and it's currently trading at $137.50. So that's basically a 93% rate of return year-to-date. So I have to admit, I don't own any of Duolingo's stock yet, but I think they are going to be my next purchase. So there you do have it. My two picks, both loosely related to each other. One is a video game company, Activision Blizzard, and the other, of course, Duolingo. It's a language learning app, so enjoy them. And keep looking for stock ideas all around you and the products and services that you use every day. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> the question I have is how do you think that your stock is going to fare with the merger with Microsoft? With the Activision, Activision's merger with Microsoft. Yeah, you know, I was wondering about that. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know. Back back when T-Mobile and Sprint talked about merging, I did buy a bunch of Sprint, and that did work out for me. Sprint was trading mm -hmm. much lower than T-Mobile, mm -hmm. and I, I've made a pretty good amount of money based on that. Uh, probably about... 40% gain on that. Um, uh, but I I don't know how... I mean, no one really knows how the acquisition of Activision or the merger between Activision and Microsoft is going to work. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I think we're pretty confident now that it's going to occur. It looks like it's going to go through the U.S. and, and it's already made way in, in Europe or started to mm -hmm. make better way. Um I, I just don't know if you're going to gain now. Um, right. I don't know. I, it'll, it'll be interesting. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Yeah. Uh, how about for Duolingo? Um, do you really think that their stock is going to keep rising? Are you, are you betting well, on them? Are you betting on the music? I'm not really betting on the music as much as I'm betting on the popularity of it all because um, I'm meeting more and more people that are just discovering it. Uh, teachers I work with are like, oh, my God, I got this new app, Duolingo. Did you ever hear of it? I'm like, yeah, I've had it for like four years now. So I think right. it's starting to, to to catch on. I mean, Yeah, I've had it since 2015. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right. And now, like, 
all the people that I am following and connecting with are people that I work with that I just met like a year ago. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this is a great new app. You should try it. I'm like, yeah, I can speak Italian. Thank you very much for uh, for suggesting it. And and I know that they do have partnerships with universities and that that is getting popular. Mm-hmm. So you, you might be mm-hmm. right there. There might still be a lot of room for growth. Um Having used yeah. the free version of Duolingo before, they do nag you to death until you want to end up paying for it because I am, it is, I'm a paying member, actually. It, yeah. Yeah. it is almost unusable, unusable unless you're paying for it. Yeah, three mistakes and you got to wait 24 hours, I think, something like that. Or three strikes and you're out for like a day. <laughs> right. Uh, I was looking to buy Diageo before seeing the Diddy news, so mm-hmm. I am I am not looking to that anymore. Uh, my previous picks have no, been... No, stick with it. Stick with it. <laughs> yeah. I I want to see the price come down. I, I think it's going to drop. So uh, I, I'm not investing in that. Uh, my previous picks have been Mattel, Uber, Public Storage, and Novo Nordisk. Mattel has gone up slightly and then back down. They're about even from when I picked it. But I, I did pick it to go long. Uber has definitely dropped and, and continues to drop. So that was poor timing on my part. I do think that they are going to go the distance, though. Uh, public storage, after I had made my pick, they gained uh, on 100 shares. They had gained $750 total. That was where it was when I was uh, playing it on the virtual stock. Uh, they are now about even as to last week. So that went up a lot and then came back down. And then uh, Novo Nordisk, they uh, they've been all over the place. They're about even now as well. So uh, I don't know if I'll continue to hold or or jump out um, at break even to better capitalize with uh, with that money. Um, my picks for this week, I, I'm definitely interested in Tilray. I think for under three dollars a share, and the purchase of some of these large brands in craft brewing that they might finally take off. And mm-hmm. uh, Penn Gaming, I I think they're probably, uh, I'm going to bet on them being about at the bottom of the slump for the hit that they've taken since the acquisition. I'm thinking they're going to gain uh, long-term in a huge way with this ESPN announcement. All, All right. right. So Tilray. Anything... Yeah. Tilray is actually, I, I know you're going to love to hear this. I think that was a big, I think that was a Motley Fool pick like a while ago. Okay. That was probably, that was probably when it was like 15 cents a share, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was probably their pick when it was like $45 a share. <laughs> <laughs> Buy in now. It can only go up. Right. Buy at the height. <laughs> All right, so uh, buy high, uh, buy high, sell low. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's our mantra. Buy high, sell low. All right, anything else you want to go over before we get out of here? Now I had a fun time. I had a good time today. Um, I know I was a little off my game. I'm kind of spacey. I started my real job today or yesterday, so uh, but uh, this is this is fun, man. I'm enjoying my time here. Me too. Thank you for listening. Uh, you guys make this possible. If you would tell a friend and spread the word about the show, we'd appreciate it. Also, yes. contact us right in at stockgamblersshow at gmail.com. That will be in the show notes, stockgamblersshow at gmail.com. And you can track us at stockgamblers.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll we'll see you next week. <laughs>